Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggies.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a fun episode 133 where Ryan and I came in and talked about how the Kings' recent success left the national media no choice but to give them some recognition finally so that was a good episode uh if you're looking for that episode or any of our other episodes you can always find those streaming on the believe podcast network or wherever you get your podcast bringing in my co-host today as always ryan what was good what is going on everybody uh so we are recording on this last day of january fastly and rapidly approaching the trade deadline which is probably the Most interesting part of the NBA season in seasons past, pretty much for the last 17 years for the Sacramento Kings, because they're always involved in those trade rumors. There's always that possibility that Sacramento was going to blow up their roster. Um, This year, it doesn't look like they're going to blow up anything, right? We are firmly cemented as the three seed in the Western Conference at the moment, although things are tight. I will give you that. I, I heard them talking today about Minnesota with the loss last night dropped from the five seed to the nine seed in 20 minutes. That is how tight it is in the West. Um, I don't see Sacramento shaking it up. I'm sure we'll get there, but all that to say, it's a good time as always uh, in the NBA. Fun time to be a Sacramento Kings fan. I am back in California recording in the Golden State. I am no longer in the land of enchantment, so... The land of enchantment. Is that what they call? Yes. Yeah. No, it's, New Mexico? Really, yeah, it's, it's New Mexico land of enchantment. That's, you know, it's California, the golden state, New Mexico, the land of enchantment. Uh, yeah. Land of enchant these nuts, dude. <laughs> 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 be completely honest with you. I'll be back in June. So uh, I'm sure we'll be recording while I'm there and I'll be bitching about the land of enchantment again. But I got to say, it's good to be back. I am a little under the weather. If I, if I sound a little mopey or a little nasally, got myself a little, a little cold, uh, you know, traveling and going through airports and all that's probably probably going to happen. Probably didn't help that I drank uh, copious amounts of alcohol while I was there and really ruined my immune system. So let's get after it, Eric. Enough of my my soapbox. Let, let's have some fun. This is the first time in about a month that you and I have recorded uh, and where we're both like I'm broadcasting live from the great city of Sacramento. It's the first time that we've actually done done when we're both at home. And uh, I had mentioned at the last podcast how I was going to Utah, to Salt Lake, to practice my Mormonism, pay uh, pay homage to my uh, heritage. I'm joking. I'm to not Mormon. To your forefathers? Yeah, to my forefathers. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm joking. I'm not Mormon. I, I, I did go to Salt Lake City, though, and that was probably part of the break uh, and the gap in the episode, but... 
Ryan, I went to the Utah Jazz Brooklyn Nets game. I wanted to bring this up on the podcast. I have actually never really been to too many um, other arenas in the NBA. The only other I've actually never even been to a Warriors game, believe it or not. Being it right there, growing up not far away where we did, I never went to Warriors games. Anytime I ever got the opportunity to go to a game, I always chose to go to the Kings because, you know, I'm a Kings fan. So I've never even been to the Warriors. I have been to the Staples Center, though. I did watch a game years ago at the Staples Center. I was down there. So. Interesting experience to be able to go to the Utah Jazz. I'll tell you this, man. I'm glad to be a Kings fan. Everybody, it was dry. the The place was was just dead. Uh, a lot of just kind of golf clapping for shots. Uh, a couple times people stood up, but I, I I actually have way more respect, if you will, and appreciation for games at the Golden One Center this year, Ryan. The, the games we've been going to, on how loud it's been, how crazy it's been, and I'm not even just saying that. I'd call it straight. It, it it was. It was. It kind of had a triple A feel. I don't know what it was. Maybe the I, maybe the team was bad. I or is not great right now. So maybe that's why. But I don't know. It, it had a low key feel. But it was funny because I had no skin in the game except for the skin that was on my betting tickets when I went into the game, right? Uh, so for me, that's pretty much all I'm banking on when I'm at this at this game in Utah, and I have money on it. And so it was interesting to sit there and not have to watch with the pressure of your team playing. Um, and Kyrie Irving dropped 45 on the Jazz and just, just torched him, especially late in the game. So that was just a, a fun experience. But I, mean, I said I wanted to bring that up on the podcast because it was basketball-related. I originally bought the tickets because I was going to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and I didn't get to see that. So I only got to see Kyrie and Ben Simmons, which um, was fun. But um, before we get into the Kings talk, Ryan, I do have a player for you, and I'm, I'm going to keep on theme with where I've been going. Are you ready for the player? Yeah, be- yeah. Before we start that, um, you know, I-, I was actually listening to our previous episode uh, two days ago. Was it? I was curious. I don't listen to all of our episodes. Just full disclosure for everybody uh, out there. Uh, for me, it's kind of weird listening to myself. But every once in a while, I go back, I listen. Um, I forgot about this, but Eric actually accused me of you know cheating on this last one. I and I totally forgot about this. And I was listening. I'm like, damn, that's messed up, dude. How how dare you? Uh, you know, press me on my integrity of the game. So just want to let everybody know. Are you, ta- are you talking about when you guess the player? I don't Marco think Yark. I, Marco yeah, I don't Yark. accuse you of cheating. I just, I think I wanted to leave no doubt. That was my thing. I wanted to, I wanted to leave no doubt for the listener because sometimes I, and, and if anything, Ryan, not to flatter you, because I'm not trying to do that, but you do pull some of these trivia questions deep up from the deepest parts of your ass. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's it gets real deep in there. And, you know, um, you know, I got nothing but the utmost respect and, uh, you know, highest integrity for this for this sacred game. So I just want to put that out there for all of our listeners. Eric did say bring up the C word in the last episode. And I and I didn't realize it until I went back and listened. So I was a little bit offended. But truth be told, it's all good. We're moving forward. I'm, I hopefully I get this and uh, keep the streak alive today. Like I said, no ac- no accusations. I just wanted confirmations for the listeners. Sorry, right, here's your listen. Here's your game, Ryan. Uh, our our question player. That's that's what I'm trying to say. So, uh, if this is your first time checking out the show, you're unfamiliar with Kings Cats. This is where we give Ryan a random ch- uh, player from our childhood based on their bio. He has to guess them. Okay, Ryan. This player, not much of a bio. All right, six foot eleven, two hundred and fifty pounds. From the great college of Southwest Texas State, uh, 1999, 
first-round pick, 21st overall. He was selected by the Golden State Warriors. However, he played his entire career with one team, Indiana Pacers, 99-2012. to No other team. Center, power forward. Center, power forward, 6'11", right? Yep. Southwest Texas State. Not even South Texas. He's Southwest Texas. 2012? Yeah, 99 through 2012. One Thir- team. 13 years with the Pacers? When I looked him up, I was like, oh, I'm definitely giving Ryan this one. And I, when I looked him up, I'm like, one team. That's very impressive. He, It's like the... U- it's like the Udonis Haslam's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... no. I mean, that's that's pretty much what thirteen seasons on one team, six foot eleven. Southwest Nick Collison Texas. was kind of in that in in that too, where it was like random power forwards that spent their whole career with one team. I, I need to talk this out. This is hard. Okay, so all right, first name that comes to mind is Jeff Foster. I'll give it to you as Jeff Foster. How'd you how'd you pull that one out from the uh, deepest well, parts of your well, ass? If you really want to know, um, I had no clue. Okay, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. All right, for all you listeners out there, I am a white guy. <laughs> uh, you said Southwest Texas. <laughs> you said Southwest Southwest Texas Center. Um, and when you started giving the Nick Collison, it had to be, and you said Donna Haslam. I was like, all right, well, it wasn't a major piece. Um, and again, all, all these references, every time I, I pull something on my ass, like Eric likes to say, it comes off of who the hell was on that game when we used to play NBA Live back in the day. So Jeff Foster was the run random white guy that I didn't know what college you went to. So I figured Southwest Texas had to be a white person. So Jeff Foster, I always remember uh, there was a series in like 2004. Pacers were, and it, I think it was 04, 05. Don't, don't kill me, Kings fans. It was that year the Kings are really good where Peja went off. But the Pacers had, I think, the best record in the NBA that year. And Jeff Foster was a was a, a key player for that team. Um, and there was a big series between the Pistons and the um, the Pacers. That was that was a that was a good good NBA time. It was 03, uh, but I, 03. It was the it was the year the uh, Pistons beat the Lakers in the uh, NBA Finals. I I you know, I don't care. It's, it's been a long time, man. Since the twenty years since that that stuff, but. Uh, that's why I said I'm going to keep on theme because when I go to random NBA player, for some reason, my brain always goes to random 2000s white guy. And I'm, I keep Jeff thinking, Foster. yeah, I keep thinking that I'm going to run out of them, but I always get one more. <laughs> so, there's always, you know, there's a ton of them, dude. There is there's always one more, dude. Hey, I, I trust me, man. Part of me when you, uh, the other, other, the other white guy that I was thinking of, man, is Austin Crozier. Austin Crozier, yeah, yeah, he he was a, he was a rando. Yeah, that was the other guy, but I knew Austin Crozier didn't play 13 years for the Pacers. So. Well, it's a funny one too. I pulled up 09 Pacers. That was like the team I went to. I was like, I want to pull someone from the roster. And Psycho T, Tyler Hansbrough. They had two white power forwards on there. Never will be done again. Yeah, Psycho T, yes. I, you know, Psycho T had some decent years, dude. There was some some years where it was like, okay, he's very serviceable. Um. You know, one of the best college players of all time, right? Like you do seem like he was in college forever. Uh, Psycho T would absolutely suck ball sack in the modern NBA. That dude was six foot eight, couldn't shoot a fucking lick and played zero defense. So uh, that guy would definitely not be in the NBA today. I'll ask you something like NBA history talk. Like, is there, would you say like the, the, let's just call it for the sake of argument, 2010 till present. The biggest like change in in NBA like 
uh, basketball. I, I feel like in the 90s, 80s, even the 2000s, like a lot of those similar, like they had positions still. They were still centers. They were still power forwards. Power forwards are still guards. Like there are a lot of players at, around 2010, I guess, is where the game changed, you know, where it's like they, they could not play now. There's like so many of those. And we've had a lot of those conversations where you just couldn't play. They just, it wouldn't happen, you know? There's yeah, ton, ton. Um, you know, one of one of the guys that that comes to mind is talk about early 2010s. A guy like Joel Anthony, who you know started for the Miami Heat, um, started for the Miami Heat and, and won a couple championships over there when LeBron and D Wade and Bosh. He started next to Bosh. Like that guy, that guy played minutes. Um, that is a dude who did absolutely fucking nothing. He couldn't shoot. He couldn't score. He wasn't a great rim protector. He didn't rebound, but he was a seven foot body that they threw out there because just of the times. Right. So um, that is a guy that immediately comes to mind. And I'm like, holy shit, that guy could not sniff an NBA roster nowadays. Fucking Joel Anthony just catch catching strays from Kings cast on a random Tuesday night. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's just a guy that I always looked at that even in the time, I'm like, how the fuck is this guy getting minutes, dude? There is a lot of guys that are seven foot. Uh, I I, re- I have this distinct memory about him. And I have weird memories about random NBA players and MLB and NFL players. But there's this one Joel Anthony, like, dude, I want to say the guy played like 19 minutes or something. I remember it's like an NBA finals or something. Dude had zero rebounds, zero points and zero assists, bro. And like... <laughs> Played some minutes, dude. And it's like, holy shit, dude. You're seven foot, 250 in the NBA. And you literally put up a zero stat line in some minutes. But uh, Joel Anthony is one of those guys um, off the top of my head. A guy like like a guy we just talked about, Jeff Foster, is a dude who, you know, the guy probably not in the NBA. Um, but then there's a lot of guys on the flip side, dude, who kind of went under the radar and had some decent NBA careers, but if they played nowadays would have been absolutely lethal. And my favorite one, and I think I've told you about this is a guy like Tim Thomas. I was just about to say Tim Thomas. That was a guy for the Phoenix Suns. That was the one in my head. I was thinking of. So Tim Thomas, Phoenix Suns, New York Knicks player. Uh, I want to say average like 19 points a game one year for the Knicks was really good. It was like when him and I, I want to say like Keith Van Horn's another one. I think they were on the same team of guys who were six foot 10 and shot threes and were legitimate scorers. Um, but we're just a little too ahead of their time. You know, I want to say I looked this up at one point and Tim Thomas shot like 39% from three point one year. Uh, can you imagine that guy six foot eight, six foot nine, whatever the hell he was in today's NBA, you know, it, it it would change the guy's trajectory of his career. He was a very good player, but he could have been an all-star, all-star lover player uh, now. So him, you know, Keith Van Horn, uh, Al Harrington's another one that comes to mind, just a big body who could score and do, do a lot of things. So, yeah, I like, I like to think of those guys from when we were kids, man, there's a ton of them, dude, that were just absolutely lethal r.i.p eddie griffin is one of the is another one man eddie griffin could have been a real lethal player uh in the modern nba so yeah yeah a lot a lot, a lot of those i mean if you i mean to move on to the kings and we kind of i think they call this a transition like a solid transition but like that, that's kind of what the kings the kings have done with the roster this year in that with with like keegan murray a player like keegan murray I saw a thing up here. KC, who we do Kingsland with, put a nice, uh, a nice stat up, and I didn't even save it, but it was about his three point shooting and um, like 
his three point shooting efficiency. And that's that's the thing is guys are walking off the street now, six ten, lanky, can shoot threes, and that's that's kind of the game. And I was thinking about this the other day because we haven't talked about this in a while, Ryan. About the draft last year. It's about midway year. They they announced the uh, I think they did. They announced the uh rising star showcase and all that stuff, you know. And that's what was so surprising about last offseason during the draft when you and I did our draft kind of special and we were at the end, we we're like, you know, the Kings are gonna draft Keegan Marie. You like Shaden Sharp, who Shaden Sharp's cool as well, and it's kind of fits the same mold or a wing guy. And but I you know, I I really wanted Keegan Murray because the length and because of the spot of shooting. And then you went and did the when believe the network that we're with uh, asked us to do a promo video after the draft. You had filmed it for us, and you went on and gave them the the grade, and we're super excited. I remember they were like, "Oh, hot take from Kings Cast, right?" Because everybody wanted uh wanted Ivy man, and and. I think about those things because we talk about we've talked about this before over the years about how people have a different opinions. Let's keep it with the Kings about what they should do and who they should select and who they should play and blah, 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 you know, and but takes are never revisited ever. It's kind of like passes as if it's, oh, that was back and that was way then. Like right? we've moved on. It's like, yeah, man, you know, people that like to move on or people that were wrong, <laughs> all you know, and people don't re- revisit takes. But that was so surprising at the time. I remember I still have it pinned as my Twitter, like on my Twitter top pin. And I had put that thing. It, it, it was uh, from Pulp Fiction. When when uh, John Travolta is like in the room looking around and no one's there and I pinned it and I was like, I guess I'm the only one that liked Keegan Murray because I felt like we were just in such the minority. But I was so surprised, like, dude, this guy's a lengthy shooter, spot up shooter who's day one going to match length, which, you know, sometimes defense is just your ability to just spot to match body size, you know, and so I was so surprised by that. And that was our take. uh coming out of the draft and going into the season is like, that's what the league's looking for. Like prototype is six, nine shooter who can defend that is prototype. Number one, you have to have guys like that. And so I thought to bring it up because it's something I've been thinking about and I haven't brought on the podcast. And I think about it too, about how Ryan, what would you, what would, what would the Kings look like if they had Ivy today? Like what would, what would they look like? You know, they would be a team that, like last year is lacking men. You you know, you would be seeing a lot more Rashawn Holmes. You would be seeing a hell of a lot more Trey Lyles. Um, and then in turn, that'd probably mean Alex Len would get in there. Sabonis, like always, is in foul trouble. So um, I think the spacing would be different. The guy does a lot for this team. And I was looking up stats right now. He averages 12 and a half points per game four and a half rebounds, like one assist. Doesn't seem like much, but the guy is far and away. I want to say 118 three-pointers made this year so far. The next rookie behind him, A.J. Griffin, is like 78. And I, I, I might be a few numbers off on those, but that is the the difference in rookies who have hit, you know, number of three-pointers made this season. Um, it's impressive. The guy's shooting damn near 50% in the month of January three-pointers if I'm not mistaken um I was looking at these numbers the other day so that might be a little off but you know don't completely quote me but they're extremely close um and then you go look at a guy like Jaden Ivey 15 points per game four rebounds four assists 
which is respectable, right? Team fucking sucks. Let's be real. Team's horrible. Uh, Cade Cunningham, who is the other guard on that team, is out for a season. Uh, he's shooting 30% from the three-point line, 72% from the free throw line, completely inefficient. Um, so when you look at the stats um, just for, you know, on at face value, it might look like, oh, well, look at Jaden Ivey's doing, you know, A, B, and C better. But in reality, uh, Keegan Murray's on a, in my opinion, a top seven team in the NBA. And he's extremely efficient. And he's had some really, really good games, i.e. the other night, 13 and 13. Uh, and he's providing a, a vital uh, need to a team that's in the playoff hunt. So his ability to, to spread the floor, to play the three and the four, to rebound, to play defense, uh, it's invaluable, man. And, and that's where I was coming from when, when I made that video that Believe asked us to do. And I got you know kind of mocked a little bit by them about it was... Uh, you know, about oh, hot take from Kang's cast. Now, nah, I, I saw the writing on the wall. Sacramento for years has been lacking length and shooting. The guy checked both boxes. I, I didn't really understand people's reasoning um, of why they hated on the, on that pick so much. And I didn't really understand why people wanted Jade Nivey so much. The guy doesn't spread the floor. He's not lengthy. He's not a great three-point shooter. He never will be a great three-point shooter. Um, so that was the whole thing behind the, the Keegan Murray thing, but, uh, couldn't be happier, man. I got a text yesterday from a buddy who's a casual, casual NBA fan. And he said, wow, man, this Keegan Murray guy is really good. I was like, yeah, 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 yep. Yep. He is. And he's like, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan. And I'm like, yeah, you know, the guy's the modern prototypical NBA player nowadays. So in, in 2023. That's what I said. Prototype number one, right there. Body, body size, shooting, and everything. And, um, and 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 I guess I, I'm glad I brought. I'm glad I brought up the uh, the question there because we haven't talked. No one talks about. No one revisits takes. I like to do that, and I think that's what is fun about uh, the ability for me and you to do this podcast is we just kind of have conversations that you and I talk about this type of shit all the time and and and, and nobody revisits these things. I don't think Jaden Ivy is. I think it's not saying he's a bad player. Because clearly he's he's a good player and probably will develop into a good player, um, but it doesn't fit what they're wanting to do. And 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 that was more my point as I didn't understand the the lightweight mocking and the pe- uh you know pessimistic I guess points of view from people who cover the Kings. You know, not everybody, but people who cover the Kings. And it, for us to be in the minority, and then even going into the season, Ryan, when he didn't start, Casey Paula was starting and I remember it, he was sick or injured Murray was and you said well I think it's just laughable for people to think that he's not going to start and then the discussion going into the year too and this is one I, I know I pointed out was like should he develop on the bench and develop in the, in the starting lineup and 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 I had and I'm bringing this up because it, sometimes it does feel good to, to be on on point with your take, you know, and and that's where I felt like we were because I, I had said, well, it's more advantageous for a guy like that to develop in the starting lineup because really offensively, what's going to be required for him is to stand at the corner and catch and shoot most of the time, and that's what he's done. He's done it really efficient efficiently, and honestly, um, the the little bit that he provides the floor spacing, it's a that in the defense is a major. I think it's a major fucking factor. It's a major factor, and it's not that he's the. There's a poll going around Ryan on Kingsland about how, oh, is he a top three? Can he be a top three player, top two player on our team? It's like sometimes, I, 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 you know, does it need to be like that? Sometimes it's just him 
being on the court is just a major factor. So, uh, and then in addition to it, which is hilarious, um, I have seen uh, so many because we run we run the 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 Kingsland um, group. All right, and so many people from Iowa have joined the fucking King. I mean, I dude, we went from we're up to like three point three k right now. And a lot of those people are from Iowa. So I made a post the other day and I was like, I haven't seen this much people like jump on a, on a wagon and go West since the covered wagons or something like that. That was a good one. I saw that. Yeah, that was good. Like that? that was good. Uh, yeah. I, I, I left that one. I was like, I was, I, I, I was like, just so many people commenting because they love Keegan. Murray. I thought that was hilarious, dude. But anyway, uh, the Keegan Murray talk, I thought to bring up that in, in, in the discussion. So, I wanted to move on to something you kind of introed in the uh, beginning, Ryan. Is that's the Western Conference standings? Because I was I was pulling those up and Kings, yeah, they're in third. But the difference between three and like eleven is not great. It's not great at all. So there's two things: one, the closeness of it and the repercussions of an L, like you said with the Wolves. But then also uh, something we talked about at the beginning of the episode with the trade deadline coming up, that there's a lot of uh, buyers and not enough sellers and what that's going to do to the market. So with the standings, like you you have to be a little bit, uh, what's the right word, Ryan? Like fearful, nervous, concerned, whatever the case about the Kings. Uh, they're on the right side of the tightness of the standings, but man, they're on a road trip. They've had a couple of tough games. Uh, recently, I mean, they had two two losses in a row with the Raptors and then the Timberwolves, and then really a really close game against the Timberwolves again. And it kind of concerns me when they're on this really long road trip on what that can do. So that's where they're at in the season. They pulled the one out the other night. I would tell you, I bet the money line heavily uh, last night's game against the Timberwolves. I just was had faith in the Kings that um that they were going to pull that game out. So what's your kind of take on everything that's going on right now? Uh, I mean, the, the good thing, all right, that game against Minnesota, that first game, it is what it is, right? The game last night to get the win in OT after a clear fucking travel by Jaden McDaniels, by the way, right? That's who it was. Absolutely ridiculous. I'm not one to come on here and bitch about the refs, but holy dick, dude. When I saw that, that's exactly what I said. I'm like, holy dick, they're gonna ruin this for the Kings. Holy um, dick. <laughs> yeah, I literally what I said. I'm like, holy dick, dude. Really? The Kings figured it out and they split a two-game series in three nights with Minnesota. That's I you can't really ask for anything more, can you? Right. Minnesota is a good team. They have Rudy Gobert. They have Anthony Edwards. They have D'Angelo Russell. They got some length. They got some guys on that team that um, can play some some basketball. So I'm not upset at it. One and one. The good thing with Sacramento in this in this upcoming road trip that's continuing tomorrow night is you have the Spurs. Right. And then you play the Pacers. You're clearly better than the Pacers. OK. Um, no matter how emotional that game gets with people loving and dick riding on Tyrese Halliburton, right? You're clearly better than that squad. Um, then you run into a Pelicans team, which by record, you're better. But then it's back-to-back Rockets games, okay? So over the next one, over the next five games, you're playing three against teams that have combined 26 wins, Spurs and the Rockets. Quick math there on the podcast, dude. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, got it. Got to take care of business, right? You're seven and a half point, point favorites tomorrow night. Should be a, a, a cakewalk, right? Take care of the Spurs. 
things get emotional in that Pacers game. I think you should take care of them. The Pelicans game's up in the air. But that those back-to-back with the Rockets in Houston, I don't give a shit if they're in Houston. You got to take care of them, right? So, uh, you know, we're looking at a, a possibility of, you know, I think worst-case scenario, three and two over the next five, right? I'm expecting a four and one over the next five. And then you're rolling into back-to-back home games against the Mavericks, you know? So you, you got to get one of those. So the the schedule is in their favor, I saw something the other day that somebody posted out second half of the season. Sacramento has like the third easiest schedule going forward. Okay. Uh, You got to take care of business when it comes to these Houston games, when it comes to these San Antonio games, uh, the Pacers games, teams that you're clearly better than you got to take, got to take care of business. I can accept a loss at the Pelicans. I can, I can realistically, I I can see that you can't win them all. Um, But you know, look at this dude at the end of the month, 226 and 228. You're playing the thunder twice. Got to fucking take care of business, man. You know, Thunder are playing okay, but they're under 500 team. Take care of business. And if you win those games that you're supposed to win, especially when you're playing them two games in a row at home, you're going to be just fine in the standings. There shouldn't be an issue. So we're at that point of the schedule right now where, you know, they they have a little bit of a lead. It's like a two-game or three-game lead from where they're at. Uh, but they're at that point in the schedule where they should be able to extend this to five or six games from the, you know those seven and eight seeds by the end of February, right? So a crucial point of the schedule. It's an easy part of the schedule, and that's what makes it so crucial because uh, you know if you go out there and you falter to these you know Houston teams, you drop one or you drop lesser one than you know, those lesser than's. That's where you run into issues, right? Um, if Sacramento wouldn't have taken care of business against Minnesota last night, I would have been like, ah, fuck. All right. We're, we're starting to feel the pressure a little bit, but you dug deep, man. And you kind of, I hate this, but you fought through the adversity, right? You want, you want an overtime and um, you've set yourself to have, you set yourself up for a successful road trip. So all in all, man, February looks like a fantastic month. They're going to get some much needed rest with the all-star break and, uh, you know, which De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis and obviously talked about Keegan Murray should be playing in, but um, nice little break. And then, you know, easy schedule for the rest of the month, man. I, I expect a lot of W's. Way to break it down. Some optimism, though. So you're you're optimistic about it. OK, where I'm at with it is I just have a little bit more of the concern side just because it's so close. The room for error is uh, was so close. And I, I, I will tell you that I've been saying this for like a month that it's at some point I just want these standings to start clearing themselves out and I want the Kings to be on the right side of that. And it's just not happening, man. And it's got to at some point this, this right here, I think February, there are a lot of games. The NBA has the way the schedule looks, they're stacking a lot of games in before the all-star break. Um, and because really, when you get to the, the trade deadline is is February 9th, so a week and a week and a day or two, right? And so uh, by that time, usually teams have clarity on direction, and that's why I said so. Uh, but there are a lot of buyers and not a lot of sellers right now. But I think that'll change in the next week as teams really, really take a look at their team, take a look at their schedule ahead, take a look at their assets, potential injuries that could factor in, et cetera. Right? Um, I get a little concerned with the Kings. I just want them to hang on. You're right, though, in that they do have this this. I always say it not to be hyperbolic or be a prisoner of the moment, but the next five games are like so pivotal, extremely pivotal, maybe the most pivotal in a, in a while, because this really is where we're talking about where they fuck up on the road. They, they, they do some dumb shit in the next two, three weeks. 
and they really kind of dig themselves a hole and, and the, the standings start to separate and they're, and they're on the wrong side of it. They're chasing the remainder of the season. They're totally chasing. And so that's why a game at Minnesota, like I said, I'm not mad at it. My Here's my take on the actual basketball side of it, Ryan, though, is that the Kings seem to do really well and match up well against a lot of, a lot of teams, right? But every once in a while, there's just a team that doesn't, they don't match up well against. And it is what it is. I think that the Kings really, as the roster's currently built, we've talked about it. I'm starting to see the take pop up other places too. They do not do well against lanky and long teams. They do not do well against them. Um, it's just been a thing for them. Uh, and, and you're right. I You can accept that against Minnesota, who Minnesota is talent-wise. I was watching the game yesterday. I'm looking at the players on the court, Ryan, and it's like Gobert and 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 Edwards and and then you see you know even guys like Austin Rivers on you're like okay this this team's talented like what you know what's up here um Anthony Edwards is hella good though I'm so I, I was, if I could stand there for a second I'm I don't know if I brought the podcast but I'm such a big fan of that guy like I think he's so fucking good like if if I like a young players he's 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 in my top upper echelon that guy is sick man uh just just more consistency, maybe out of the points. Just more his his game is a little, can get a little erratic at times, but God, he's fucking athletic. And God, he can get a shot off, man. That first game against the Kings, he pulled that one at the end of the game where he hit that three late. It was like possession changing, and he put the dagger. I'm like, motherfucking Ant- Edwards, dude. He's dope though. Yeah. You say you got you had a take or what? Yeah. So uh, you know we're talking about the Kings' schedule coming up in these next five. Uh, Sacramento, if you guys didn't know this is the best road team in the Western Conference. Hmm. I just noticed that. I, I didn't really, I didn't realize that. You have these heavy, heavy home team. Denver is a heavy, heavy home team. 22 and four at home, 12 and 12 away. Memphis, 21 and three at home, 11 and 15 away. Sacramento, 16 and 11 at home, which is kind of, you know, eh, bottom of the bottom of the field in the Western Conference, but away, 12 and 10. Um, so they are currently the only team two games over 500 in the Western Conference on the road. Plus, the next three out of five road games are against the two worst teams in the NBA in Memphis and San Antonio. So Ooh. that's the reason for the optimism. When you break it down numbers wise and you start looking at records and, um, you know, there, there is a reason to be optimistic moving forward. Um, and then Dallas away, your two home games coming back after that. Dallas is nine and sixteen on the road. Dallas is Dallas is like for for Luca just dominating another fifty point game again the other day. So, Fifty three, yeah, yeah. It, I I still you know this is where I like the Kings, man. Uh, this is where I like the Kings, and this is what I I shared two episodes on Kingsland about a week or two ago, Ryan they were talking about old takes and stuff and Sabonis, the impact, blah, blah, blah. And we had done that episode way back, the super, the single superstar conundrum. And we broke down why we wanted Fox to get another all-star. Why it was so pivotal because in the NBA, you have to have a second guy. I would say another all-star. He's not even been an all-star, but you get my point. You need a, a star caliber player with a star caliber player. And if not, it's tough. You need, you know, you need dominance at 99. Now, Luca's the one guy maybe that can do that, but even so, it's just not enough. And that's what you're seeing from the Mavs. I see a thing maybe this morning comes out. Mavs will are willing to do anything. That's what the, that's what the Mavs willing to do anything to get a second star. 
you know. So be blessed, Kings fans, when you have Sabonis, when you have Fox. You know, the Kings need probably a third guy, but we, that'll be a conversation we can have. So last thing I want to touch on um, with records-wise and where Sacramento's at is good, you know, Sacramento is very fortunate that their their strength of schedule is really low for the rest of the season, right? I think it's, the, like I said earlier, the third easiest schedule moving forward because teams are getting healthy, right? You look at this isn't a month ago or three weeks ago where Golden State was missing Steph Curry, where the Lakers had Anthony Davis out. Um, you know, teams are starting to move up. Lakers... Phoenix missing Chris Paul most of the first year. Yep. Um these teams are starting to make moves, man. And I, and I know people laugh at the Lakers, right? And people, Oh, the Lakers ain't nah, dude. You know, Lakers won again tonight, right? They're, you know, four games under 500. They're going to make the move. And that's a team for Sacramento that they don't match up well. And so when you start looking forward and you start looking, you know, into possible playoff matchups and playoff standings and stuff, that is a team that you need to keep your eye on. Sacramento, it's one of the teams that Sacramento, in my opinion, when they're healthy, they they can't match up with the athleticism and the size, especially with the acquisition of Rio, Rui Hachimura. Um, you know, Anthony Davis, Hachimura, LeBron, Russell, you know, Russ, uh, Schroeder, Pat Bev. Th- those, when that team is healthy and they have the size, that's a team to watch out for. So, um you know, and then Steph Curry always, you know, I, you get, you put Sacramento in a seven game playoff series with Golden State. And I don't give a fuck if Golden State finishes the season 41 and 41, man. That is a tough task. So these teams are getting healthy. These teams are starting to make moves, man. And it's going to be really, really interesting when those um, top players come and, uh, you know, come knocking. So that, you know, you're talking about the superstar conundrum and all that. Um, the one thing Sacramento doesn't have is a greatest player of all time, right? So uh, Steph Curry, you know, I think a lot of people can agree is a top two or three point guard of all time in the history of the NBA. LeBron James might yeah. maybe one, right? There's a real argument that he's one or two for sure. I think I can argue that. Number two for sure, I think I can argue. I can make a real case. Um, but then there's that real case that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. And then you're starting to throw in, you know, Anthony Davis, who wins when healthy, there was early MVP considerations for him. So these teams in the West are fucking coming, dude. And, you know, people can can think whatever they want, but uh, just be aware of that, man. And I, I've been following every single day and I'm like, fuck, man, Golden State's healthy. God damn it. Anthony Davis is back. Shit. You know, like you said, Chris Paul's back. Crap. You know, when 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 New Orleans is healthy and they have Zion and Brandon Egan and Valanciunas and CJ McCollum and, you know, it's like, holy crap, that team's loaded. So uh, Sacramento, man, they got to stay on top of the game there. You can't let your, you know, can't let the foot off the gas, especially when you're playing Houston and San Antonio three times in the next week. Just want to throw that in there, man. I don't think people realize that kind of stuff. It's good take. To, and that's kind of what I think we're doing today is breaking down the schedule with real perspective. And I guess, uh, but I will say, how fucking dope would it be if it was like if the first time the Kings get back in the playoffs, Kings Lakers, in all these years, be Kings Lakers against fucking LeBron James? I thought dude. about that today. I thought about that today. Would you? All right. So, like as a like as a fan, dude. See those. All right. So I thought about this on my drive home today. I'm like, holy shit. There's a real possibility that it can be, you know, Kings Lakers in in a first round playoff match. There there is a possibility for that. There is a, something. And there is a, an alternate reality where that happens, right? Um, 
that scares me. They don't, they don't, they don't match it. They don't match up well. Sacramento does not match up well against LeBron James, Rui Hashimura, and Anthony Davis. That doesn't work in Sacramento's favor. That's too much. That's too much physicality for them. That's too much. Um, ideally, since we're on the topic, Sacramento fits up well against the Dallas. Uh, if, remarkably, they fit well against a Denver Nuggets team, in my opinion. They they match up well against a Golden State team, in my opinion. Um, but when you start talking about Memphis, New Orleans, just the, the length, the, the physicality, Clippers. the Clippers, the length, the physicality, those are the teams that worry me. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. It, you know, it, and it's crazy that I'm at this spot and I'm starting to think about this, but I've really been looking at the landscape in the West and trying to see which team Sacramento could match up against. Well, with that, I think that's why the rumors, Ryan, are coming out today, uh, which I think we're going to do a couple more episodes before the trade deadline, but that's why the rumors are coming out today about wait, M- Matisse Thibel again, which Kings fans have talked about for years. I don't, you know, it's funny when reports came out, the Sacramento Kings are monitoring Matisse Thibel. What the what the fuck does that mean? They're monitoring him? But it, if in all seriousness, I guess, something I've highlighted to you, on here, that's that's my biggest if need for the Kings. I know that everyone wants the the backup front court, which is a need as well. You know, I, I get that they're trying things out and it's just not working. Like they need to get more formidable there. I recognize that, but the need outside of that that might even be be greater is a wing defender, like a, a guy who can just on ball can take out a guy. There, the Kings just have this great ability to allow guys to just go off on them. It, it happens all the time if you if you watch and you know if you really pay attention to box score and bet games and stuff you'll you'll notice that the Kings let guys go off you remember that guy the one that game that sticks out particularly was the Phoenix Suns game in December where Devin Booker went out there with by himself and just torched you know so an on ball defender is so uh important um whether it's the tease thigh or something else the the issue ryan which i want to tease for our next episode so you and i can think about it is what are what's the assets that that's something i'm trying to wrap my brain around right now with the kings and that they're like i said there's a lot of buyers and not a lot of sellers in the nba that means there are a lot of there's going to be a lot of competition for players which is going to drive prices up on specific guys and you're going to pay a premium. Do the Kings have a premium to pay with assets? I don't know. And even are they willing to slightly overpay for that? So it's interesting. You know, OG Anubi is is on the market, you know, but what's it going to take to get him? I think that I'll say this, right? I don't need to give out my theories right now, my guesses. But I will tell Kings fans to uh, basically, you know, grow the fuck up if you think that, you know, you wouldn't give up Davion Mitchell Okay, I'll say this. Grow the fuck up if you think that you wouldn't give anybody up besides Fox and Sabonis. I would give anybody up. Anybody. If it means getting the right player. Now, OG Newbie, I I don't I'm not saying that, but you know, I I I, I I'm saying I'm not saying I would give up Keegan Murray and all these guys. I, I don't know, man. I'm not gonna say it right now. But what I'm saying is like I'd be willing to give up anybody for the right player. And I think the Kings have to consider that, whether it's Davion Mitchell. I think a lot of people are tied to Davion Mitchell, and that's the one that I'm kind of pointing out. Uh, I think a lot of people are tied to him. You know, so I, I don't know what's gonna take. They don't necessarily have the flexibility with the trade assets for the draft. I, I don't know, man. What's your thoughts on this? Um, well, I think you know, you kind of <laughs> You said a lot there, but I think 
anybody would make a trade for the right player, right? Like, I think that's an obvious, I think anybody would give up anybody for the right player. So I think that's kind of an obvious thing. I, I think to, if I had to articulate a little more, what you're saying is um, you would give up anybody outside of pretty much, you know, Fox and Sabonis, if it meant elevating that team into kind of a championship status. But a lot, I say that Ryan though, and I guess it's obvious to you and me because we, of course, you know, but I, I bring it up and say it that way because in Kingsland, we get it. We get a lot of feedback on what takes are. We get to see what takes are. And a, a lot of people right now are in the opinion that the Kings sh- like basically shouldn't move anybody. Just don't move anybody. They're fine. Or they're not even willing to move anybody because people get hung up on the, oh, well, the potential potential thing. That's what I mean. And, and, and I get that. And, and that's why I kind of brought it up in the sense of like, I'm not saying we need to go out and remove guys, but I just wanted to wake it with Hey Kings fans. I said, don't be fucking like wake up and think like if something does happen, like don't be surprised. Like it, and, and you got to be open to that. And that's why I said specifically a guy like Davion Mitchell, you know, guys like that, where you can't be a lot of people out there said, no way you can't trade this guy. He's so valuable. It's like, but you can. And that's more what I mean. Yeah. Well, I'm in favor of trading anybody who makes the roster better. Um, you know, so I mean, any chance that you can make the roster better, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And I think anybody, you know, like we saw last year, people hated me and you saw the writing on the wall with Halliburton and look what happened. Halliburton got traded and look where the roster is at now. Um, people hated on that. People still hate to this day, but facts of the case are Sacramento is currently sitting in the three seed fastly approaching the all-star break. And, uh, you know, I think Monty big balls, McNair just kind of is willing to do whatever it takes to make the roster better. Now, the one thing that can't happen is Sacramento can't give up people and then go backwards, right? Even if it's not McNair's fault, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, which I'm doing right now, you trade for somebody and, you know, one of those guys, main guys, and I'm not even going to say names because I don't want to put that bad juju out there. Um, but i.e. the guy you trade for or your two best players on the roster uh, go down and get hurt and Sacramento fails to, you know, make a top eight seed and they make the play in or whatever. You can't go backwards. Um, so regardless of what happens, if you obviously, if you can make the roster better, you're going to do that. But uh, going backwards is not an option. And I think now more than ever with Sacramento being so fragile, right there, you know, you've given the the fan base hope and you've kind of, you know, the trajectory of this franchise has kind of changed over the last six months, four months, whatever it's been. Um, you can't go backwards now. So if McNair was to make a move and God forbid something happens and the team goes backwards, it's going to be an issue. But um, at the end of the day, um, I'm all for anything that makes the roster get better. Um, so if that means moving Davion Mitchell or, you know, Keegan Murray, if, if you can bring back an all-star or whatever, it makes this team a, a contender, a legit contender. I'm all for it. So, Without spoiling too much and going into all that, um, that's how I feel. I'm pretty sure we're going to do that trade deadline special like we do every year. So um, I will do my research here in the next few days and come ready to bring the fucking heat, man. And, you know, it's kind of we're kind of all over the place tonight, but there's a lot to be said as we're approaching the the All-Star break. There's a lot of takes to be had, plant the seeds for things um, and, you know, hopefully give the listeners stuff to think about kind of outside the box. Um, so moving forward.
There we go. Well said, man. So, hey, guys, I appreciate you listening. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast. Eric and the Kingscast Ryan. We're pretty active. Join Kingsland. That's our group on Facebook. Three Over 3,000 members that all we do is talk Kings. If you want to support Kingscast, please slide down after the show on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It does help us reach more Kings fans just like you. And if you do leave us a comment or a question in the review, we'll make sure to read it on the show. If you want to check out anything, you can always find us on the Believe Podcast Network, where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.